Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news about the coronavirus on both coasts. Tonight, Los Angeles County, where 10 million people live, has declared a public health emergency. Now, this comes as California is reporting its first death. And we've now, we're now learning a worker at LAX who was screening passengers for the virus has tested positive. And in the suburbs just north of New York City, at least two families are infected forcing a 1,000 people there to self-quarantine. Well, nationwide, there are now at least 153 confirmed cases. 11 people have died, 10 in Washington state alone. Our team of correspondents is covering all of the angles of this developing story. And Carter Evans leads us off in Kent, Washington. And Carter, I understand that there are new safety measures being taken where you are? That's right, Nora. And behind me is an old Econo Lodge motel. The plan is to turn this into a coronavirus quarantine facility, possibly within the next couple of days. This is health officials scramble to contain the virus up and down the West Coast with renewed focus now on Los Angeles. New concern tonight at Los Angeles International Airport, where a member of the CDC medical team screening passengers for coronavirus has now tested positive. It's one of six new coronavirus cases in Los Angeles County where health officials have declared a state of emergency. We need every tool at our disposal to make sure that we are ready to support any coronavirus patients who are diagnosed and to prevent any further spread. The latest American to fall victim to the coronavirus died in Roseville, California, just outside Sacramento. Described only as an elderly adult with underlying health conditions, the person may have been infected while traveling on a Princess cruise ship from San Francisco to Mexico last month. It's the first fatality in California. At the epicenter of the nation's deadly outbreak in suburban Seattle, a 90-year-old woman became the 10th person to die from the virus in Washington and the sixth death linked to this nursing facility. We're coping with the most serious outbreak of COVID-19 anywhere in the nation. Our actions are forming the model that will be followed in other parts of the country. That model includes modular units like these that will be used to isolate coronavirus patients. 
Carter Evans, CBS News, Kent, Washington. I'm Meg Oliver in New York. Tonight, New Rochelle is ground zero as the coronavirus infects at least 11 people. It started a week ago when 50-year-old Lawrence Garbuz went to the hospital. His wife has also tested positive. His 20-year-old son has also tested positive. His daughter has tested positive. And his neighbor who drove him to the hospital. Today, we learned another family of five who had close contact with the attorney tested positive. New York health disease detectives are racing to track down anyone else who may have come into contact with the Manhattan attorney. The week before he knew he was contagious, the married father of four traveled around the New York City area. He went to work at his law office in Manhattan, where all his colleagues are now being tested. He also attended temple services back in Westchester. The temple is closed indefinitely, and the congregates are under self-quarantine. How many more people are we talking about here? At least the potential. Again, we don't want to cause any alarm, but the potential does exist for numerous people to at least be under what we call person under investigation. Anyone that he may have coughed or sneezed within a six feet radius is theoretically at risk. Personal space like that here in New York City is at a premium. Now Garbuz is has been upgraded to stable condition. His family is under quarantine at home and both schools where his children attend have been closed for the week. Nora. All right, but frightening for many, Meg, thank you. Well, today, Congress took the first step in approving billions of dollars to fight the coronavirus. And tonight, the vice president made an important announcement about who will pay for coronavirus testing. There's a lot happening in Washington, and Paula Reed reports tonight from the White House. Discussion of the coronavirus consumed the administration Wednesday amid mounting criticism of their response. Meeting with concerned airline executives, seeing fewer and fewer travelers, the president joked about tips to stay healthy. And I haven't touched my face in weeks. In weeks. I miss it. But top health officials briefing lawmakers revealed just how deadly this outbreak could be. The mortality of this is multiple times what seasonal flu is. Vice President Mike Pence said the greatest concern is access to tests for the virus, which he said would be expanded after initially restricting widespread screening. We have more than 2,500 kits that are being distributed around the country this week that will make more than 1.5 million tests available at hospitals that have requested them. But doctors, hospitals and some public health labs say they aren't set up yet to do the test. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar has defended the relatively low number of tests available. But CBS News has learned that the secretary is coming under scrutiny inside the White House as it becomes clear the CDC was not fully prepared to respond to the outbreak. Tonight, the vice president said that the coronavirus test will be covered by private insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, and even for those that don't have insurance. He also announced that on Saturday he will head to Florida, where he will meet with representatives of the cruise industry, which has, of course, been hit especially hard. Nora. All right, Paula, thank you. Tonight, three tornado victims are still missing in Tennessee. At least 25 people were killed. Volunteers have been helping in the search, while those who lost everything are telling harrowing stories of survival. David Begno reports from Cookville, Tennessee, tonight. How are we still here? How can they even hug? Faith Johnson and Julie Grooms are next-door neighbors. What's left? 
look at there's nothing there's nothing nothing but us that's it that's julie's husband eric she showed us the carpet the only floor item remaining in what used to be their home and this was a closet it's a lot to process of the 25 people killed in tennessee 19 were right here in putnam county six neighbors on this block alone two-year-old sawyer his mother Erin and Father Josh are among the dead. Help arrived today. Hundreds of volunteers were picking up the pieces. Faith Johnson told us she gripped her two children as the tornado sucked them out of their home at 2.15 in the morning. So what do you remember? I remember getting the warning and um, scooping both of our children up out of bed, wrapping them in a blanket, going to the bathtub, and um, I had one... My son in my left arm and my uh, little girl in my right arm. Faith and the kids landed 15 yards away from the house on a board of nails impaled in her back. She says she was holding the kids so tightly that the doctors told her she actually bruised the ribs of her 18-month-old son, Uriah. This picture of her daughter was found eight miles down the road. This is where Faith's home used to be. It says the tornado literally uprooted the foundation. When Faith and her husband got home for the first time, they saw DOA written in red paint. That means dead on arrival. There were two bodies found here. Faith's neighbors thought it was her and her husband. It turns out that two of the neighbors were found dead in this very spot. And Nora, in their front yard, was the body of a young boy. Oh, it's so difficult to hear all those details, David. Thank you. Forecasters say more tornadoes could pop up tonight as powerful storms sweep along the Gulf Coast from Louisiana to the Florida Panhandle. There's also a threat of flash floods. Parts of Mississippi and Alabama were hammered today by heavy rain, hail, and powerful gusts. In Madison County, Mississippi schools were closed for the day. We turn now to campaign 2020. What a difference a week makes for Joe Biden. Super Tuesday voters gave Biden wins in 10 states. Bernie Sanders took three with California leaning his way. And as of now, Biden is leading in the delegate race. And it all adds up to a big boost for a candidacy that was on the ropes as recently as last Friday. Ed O'Keefe reports. Former Vice President Joe Biden, on the verge of political collapse a week ago, emerged today as his party's presidential frontrunner. Those of uh, you who have been knocked down, those of you who have been counted out, this is your campaign. <laughs> At home in Vermont, Senator Bernie Sanders previewed the forthcoming clash between two candidates who represent different wings of the party. What this campaign, I think, is increasingly about is which side are you on? Sanders, a self-described democratic socialist, backs a government-run health care system, while the moderate Biden supports bolstering the current Affordable Care Act. Sanders has criticized Biden's support of the Iraq war. Biden has criticized Sanders' past support for gun manufacturers. Until now, Biden has been vastly outspent and outorganized by his rivals. But he may be about to get a big boost from former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who dropped out this morning and endorsed Biden. I know his decency, his honesty, his commitment to the issues that are so important to our country. Bloomberg's campaign says that he will continue to invest in defeating President Trump. Today, I am clear-eyed about our overriding objective. 
and that is victory in November. Bloomberg's poor showing last night came despite spending more than $500 million on ads. That's $18 million per delegate he earned, according to a CBS News estimate. We're also waiting to hear from Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. Aides say she's talking to her team to assess the path forward after she came up short, including placing third in her home state, Nora. Really interesting, Ed. Let's bring in Major Garrett, our chief Washington correspondent. Let's go inside the numbers. How did Biden pull off this surprising victory? So, Nora, rarely has exit poll data told a story as convincingly and clearly. The story is a massive shift to Joe Biden. Here's what Joe Biden did against the entire Democratic field last night. Won 56 percent of the black vote. 49% of late deciders, those deciding in the last couple, three days, won 46% of self-described moderates and 42% of voters older than 45. Nora, that's how you win primaries and take the delegate lead. Biden had the momentum. Ed, what's the path forward? What states are still ahead? The next big test is Tuesday in Michigan, where 125 delegates are up for grabs. The Wolverine state, one of those that Democrats lost four years ago. Biden expected to talk about how he could win it back. Sanders likely to raise concerns about trade policies that affect the state's manufacturing workers. He won it four years ago and called it today essential to his bid. Major, what about President Trump and all this? President Trump mocked Elizabeth Warren's poor performance, mocked Mike Bloomberg, but much more importantly said, ah, it's happening to Bernie Sanders again. The Democrats are trying to take it away from him, trying to sow divisions among the Democratic Party. That is a central strategy for President Trump and the Republican National Committee. The other news today, I think, was about this picture that we saw last night, those protesters storming the stage where Joe Biden was, Jill Biden, essentially pushing back a protester. Will there be Secret Service protection for the candidates? We'll see. Both of them employ private bodyguards right now. It would take senior lawmakers and the Homeland Security Secretary to agree to do it. The drawback is, of course, if you have Secret Service protection, you are kept a little further away from the voters you need to meet. It was extraordinary to see Biden's campaign staffers, his press person, Simone Sanders. Joe Biden might get a new code name, Forearm Shiver. (laughs) There you go. All right. Thank you. Abortion rights took center stage today at the Supreme Court as it heard a case that could have far-reaching implications. Now, this is the first major abortion case since the addition of two Trump-appointed justices to the nation's highest court. And with tensions so high today, Jan Crawford reports on what made Chief Justice John Roberts issue a rare rebuke to the Senate's top Democrat. For both sides, the case, which started with a lawsuit by this Louisiana abortion clinic, could signal the future of abortion rights. Kathleen Pittman is the clinic administrator, challenging a Louisiana law that requires abortion doctors to have admitting privileges at a local hospital in case something goes wrong during the procedure. It's totally possible that we would have to close. But abortion opponents say these laws are necessary to protect women's health. What other procedure do we know that's done at an outpatient facility that doesn't have admitting privileges? Liberal justices said abortion is different because it's generally safe. That's the position they took in 2016 when, joined by Justice Anthony Kennedy, the court struck down an almost identical Texas law. But in 2018, Justice Brett Kavanaugh replaced Kennedy, joining on the court President Trump's other nominee, Neil Gorsuch. On the steps of the court today, Senator Chuck Schumer leveled a warning to them both. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. That prompted a rare rebuke from Chief Justice John Roberts, who called the comments threatening, inappropriate, and dangerous. 
Now, this is not the chief justice's first rebuke after President Trump complained about a so-called, quote, Obama judge who had ruled against him. Roberts answered back then with a strong defense of an independent judiciary. Nora. All right, Jan. Thank you. An estimated 57,000 Americans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year. The vast majority will die from it. Jeopardy! host Alex Trebek has been fighting stage four pancreatic cancer for a year. Jamie Ucas tonight on his battle. The one-year survival rate for stage four pancreatic cancer patients is 18 percent. I'm very happy to report I have just reached that marker. Beating the odds, the Jeopardy! host marked the anniversary of his diagnosis the same way he broke the news, straight to camera. Now, I'd be lying if I said the journey had been an easy one. Shortly after the announcement last year, Trebek revealed his cancer was near remission, only to resume treatment in September. There were moments of great pain and sudden massive attacks of great depression that made me wonder if it really was worth fighting on. Despite it all, Trebek stayed active, donating to charity and continuing to host Jeopardy. What is, we love you, that's very kind. Thank you. And although he acknowledged the survival rate in year two is 7%, he remains confident of his chances. Anything is possible. Jamie Ucas, CBS News, Los Angeles. It's often said it's not whether you win or lose that counts. And case in point, what happened last night at the University of Vermont. Here's Nikki Batiste. Everybody gets a touch, and here's Josh Spidell. The sound of the net and a cheering crowd meant far more than the two points lighting up the scoreboard for University of Vermont basketball player Josh Spidell. I can't put into words how that made me feel. In 2015, the then high school basketball star, who averaged more than 28 points a game, had just accepted a scholarship to play at Vermont when a nearly fatal car accident left him in a six-week coma with a traumatic brain injury. One of my first questions was, will I play basketball again? Vermont's coach kept Spidell on his scholarship. And last night, the senior finally made his debut as part of the starting lineup for the Catamounts and scored his first career points with this perfect layup. Just nice to be able to say, you know, I went one for one and that I ended my college career shooting 100%. He says it wouldn't have been possible without his team, who each got an assist in this unforgettable play. To have all them touch the ball, it meant a lot for me that they were all able to get a little piece of it. Nikki Batiste, CBS News, New York. Proof his coach and his team never forgot him. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, NASA asked students what to call its new Mars rover. Well, we'll have the winning name. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. 
And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.